1: Hey, what's up? It's Nolan from Past Gas by Donut Media. We are an automotive history show. This week, we're talking the life story of Gilles Villeneuve, Canada's most important Formula One driver. This guy is a national hero up there and truly one of the greats taken from us too soon. He started out racing snowmobiles when he was a teenager. He invented one of the most important snowmobile innovations ever, which is crazy for a Formula One driver to do. And eventually became just one of the most legendary drivers of the 1970s. This guy raced for such a short time, but had such a large impact. And it was super cool to talk about a Quebecois racing legend. That's Pass Gas by Donut Media. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Number one automotive podcast. Pass Gas.
3: Hey, guys, this is uh, very exciting. Today's episode is actually sponsored by Gran Turismo 7. Rated E for everyone. Which is out now for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. The game is obviously the latest installment in a franchise that many people consider to be the absolute pinnacle of automotive video games, myself included. And no surprise, it's been getting some pretty good reviews from the press and the fans. There's no surprise there. Dude, I'm not surprised at all. I'm like, hello. Oh, there you are. Yeah, the sky's blue. What else? Yeah, it's like, oh, what? There's a beautiful gradient on the sunset in Los Angeles. Sure, big surprise. (laughs) Uh, So if you listen to our podcast, you may know that we talked about Gran Turismo extensively in a three-part series on racing games. We've also made an episode of Up to Speed on it. So let's talk about what makes Gran Turismo 7 so exciting. What are you guys excited about with this game? We have
1: uh, a couple PS5s at the office.
2: Yeah, we got the rig set up. Some rigs
3: set up. We've been playing it.
1: I was very stoked to play Gran Turismo 7. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it. I'll do a couple races. Uh, Ended up playing for like two hours when I should have been doing other actual work. And... I'll tell you right now, I'm at my apartment right now and I'm very stoked to go back to the office so I can play more because the game is so addicting. It's like putting on an old sweater. Like if you've played Gran Turismo games in the past, it's just so easy to jump back in and it's like, oh, here's that smooth jazz. Oh, here's the the world map where I got to go to like- It's like
2: an old sweater, but all, it's like your grandma took your old sweater and remastered that old sweater and it fits better than ever now and it feels so good.
1: Yeah, 4K ray tracing graphics. Yeah. And you're like, dang, grandma, how'd you even know how to do that? Like, that's insane. She's like,
3: don't ask questions. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like,
1: okay. Uh, All right. But not only is it like, it, it's it's comforting like an old sweater, but like there's a lot of cool new stuff in there too. Well,
2: you guys know I appreciate the finer things in life, right? No, this is first I've heard about it. Beautiful women, beautiful sunsets, uh, beautiful art. I'm a huge art collector. This game looks amazing. This, it looks better than real life. Like I keep walking around the corner. I'm like, is this real life? No, it's a <laughs> TV playing a game.
1: Yeah. I wish that real life looked like Gran Turismo. Yeah. The game looks really amazing. Like this is easily the best looking racing game I've ever seen. You just want to like crawl through the TV and, and hop into that interior. Cause you know, the only way to play this game is in the interior view third-person view get out of here
2: and when you when you start a race you can like an arcade race you can choose the time of day and the weather that's pretty cool and there's like amazing weather effects and i was like oh i think i want to do it during the day it looks pretty good and then every single one i clicked on i was like oh i think i want to do it at night when it's raining or (laughs) it just looked beautiful
1: i did a race in my uh honda fit in the rain and it was pretty awesome how the the hand, how different the handling was. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is racing in the rain. I love that.
3: Well, guys, one of the reasons that this game looks so freaking good is the use of ray tracing, which is one of the reasons the new Spider-Man game looks so sick. And Joe, why don't you tell the people at home what ray tracing is?
2: Oh, thanks for the cue up, dude. Ray tracing is it was kind of revolutionary in the '90s. It's basically a light simulator, so. Basically, for cars that have a ton of shiny surfaces, this means that the graphics are a massive leap forward. There's cloud and weather simulation based on massive amounts of real-life meteorological data. (laughs) Meteorological data. That was really hard to say. There's even planets in the sky. How crazy is that?
1: That is pretty insane. This is like extra icing on the cake. And that cake, Joe, is driving. And I just really love the driving in this game. Like, this is the first time I've got to play Gran Turismo with a steering wheel. And it feels so good. It's like. Yeah, there's an aerodynamic simulator to
3: create accurate slip streams so you can, like, legit draft. Oh,
2: that's cool. Yeah, if this game was a cake then it wouldn't be one of those fondant cakes that has like two inches of inedible sugar. This is like a nice delicious cake. That's carefully thought out. Nothing is out of place. Like this is a good Gran Turismo seven is a good cake.
3: Like we said, we just uh, got the game at the office and we can't wait to get back there and start playing. I know that I will personally be investing many, many hours into Gran Turismo seven in the months ahead Uh, more than I should, I'm sure. So hats off to Sony Interactive Entertainment and Kazunori Yamauchi and Polyphony Digital for developing another classic car game. Uh, And thank you for their dedication to car history as well. It's much appreciated on this podcast. I don't know if you guys can tell, but we love car history. For all our listeners, let us know how you're liking Gran Turismo 7, and uh, we can't wait to hear what you love about the game
1: as well. Smoky Nagata sat in jail 6,000 miles from home. He worried that his business was done for, that he'd never make it back to Tokyo, that he'd sacrificed everything he'd worked for decades to achieve. Also, his heavily modified, gold-painted Toyota Supra could hit 200 miles per hour on the UK public highway. What he didn't know was that by the time he returned home, he'd be a legend. How did Smokey Nagata become one of the world's top tuners? What's so secret about his legendary custom cars? And is the nickname Smokey as obvious as it seems? Today I'm Pass Gas, it's a story of Smokey Nagata, Top Secret Co., and the Doubleton Run.
4: Pass Gas Podcast, it's about cars, it's not about ports!
1: Chung Chung, dong dong. We're just doing the Law and Order sounds because he's, he's in the British <laughs> uh, criminal justice system. At that point in the story?
2: Yes, because we all know that SVU takes place in Britain on the
3: M1.
1: The U stands for UK. Yeah. Special Victims UK.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oi, that's messed up. (laughs) She was only eight years old. I believe
1: there is a there is a law and order UK and they're all wearing wigs in the courtroom scenes. Yeah. I swear to God. That leaves a lot of
2: room for, like, getting, like, big climax scenes where they get frustrated and they throw
1: their wig (laughs) down. Throw
4: their wig off. Yeah. I ain't talking to no Bobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Welcome to Past Gas, everybody. It's a Friday morning. I'm feeling a little little sleepy.
3: Man, me too, man. I shot so many (laughs) videos this week.
1: Yeah, it's been a busy week here at Donut.
3: I got a new email <laughs> I got signing to.
1: Yeah, we're dealing with a new email. That's rough.
2: <laughs> yeah, this new email is uh, messing everyone up at the office. It is, man. Everyone's like, where do I change my background? It's Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can I, can I download my uh, regular show background with this new email? Can I still do that? It's just been a long week. I think for everybody, we're going to try to turn that around today. Yeah, because we're going to turn up, guys.
3: Let's turn up, let's guys. Turn up. Turn let's turn up. Let's turn up. Let's make a pact right here, We're right going to bring now. the smoke.
1: Let's bring the smoke. Let's turn up. Call me Tom Brady because I'm saying, let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
2: Let's go. Those Hertz commercials, how does he make it so lame?
1: I get them literally every every ad break on YouTube, on my TV. I get the Tom Brady, let's go. Ads. Yeah. So now I'm just saying, let's go, you know, like
3: I don't know what if this is me or if it's the kind of content that I watch, but I've been getting like opioid addiction ads
1: oh a lot on YouTube. Well, you have been watching a lot of like fish tank videos, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's
1: a correlation there it's like the, the algorithm like, sees you like man this guy's just watching a lot of like chill videos he, mu-
3: he must be yeah. on heroin yeah
1: yeah he must be just like <laughs> hanging out right now yeah, yeah so maybe he's watching yeah he's watching videos of just like fish hanging out <laughs> <laughs> welcome to fast gas i'm your host nolan sykes joined as always by my other hosts... You guys aren't... Co- we're all hosts. Yeah,
3: we're all hosts. You know? yeah. We're all yeah. hosts. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. I think that's... This is a co-op. That's
1: safe. It is a co-op. Uh, those voices you just heard, one of them was James Pumphrey. Uh, jet
3: fuel does not melt steel beams. <laughs> okay. And
1: Joe Weber.
4: Uh, fish it out and cook it up. Wow. I love I love that one. That's great. It works
2: for anything, too, because you can fish a steak out of your fridge. And cook it up. Or you can fish... Chicken out of a marinating bowl
3: and still cook it up. You can fish some sweet, sweet horse out of a spoon and cook it up.
2: Unpopular opinion. I want to try horse meat.
3: I was talking about heroin. Oh.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that horse was uh, slang for that. It's a, it's uh, yeah, neither it's, did I. It's an old one.
4: Uh, you've been watching <laughs>
2: The Wire, huh? <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah. Well, I read basketball diaries every night when... When
1: I go to bed. <laughs> this week we're talking about the legendary Smoky Nagata, a figure that has popped up in in many a donut media show over the years, but we've never really dedicated a whole show to his legend. Legend he is a legendary guy. there's not a lot of information out there
3: on him, uh which makes him even cooler in my opinion. He's one of these like old j d m dudes. You may have seen the uh, Golden Supras. Mm-hmm. You know, he ran uh, Top Secret.
2: The classic video of him getting arrested on the like the intro, you know? Um,
4: on the M1.
1: They built the V12 Supra, which is pretty sick. Whoa, That's wow. right. Um, it, it is kind of cool to be a sort of cult figure from the 90s because you do get some media coverage here and there. Like you show up in media that's still accessible today but because social media wasn't around back then yeah you don't have an instagram
2: there's no like weird tweet from 1991 that he's (laughs) trying to cover up
1: exactly exactly so i'm i'm very excited to to get into this story this guy's a pretty fascinating fella and built some really cool cars so without further ado let's get into smoky nagata these days, Smokey Nagata is part man, part legend. An old-school street racer and legendary tuner. The founder of aftermarket's part manufacturer Top Secret. A straight-up Yoda among JDM heads. Thanks to car magazines like JDM, Option, and Max Power. In the 90s, he became practically synonymous with underground racing in Japan. But mastering burnouts on the Tokyo Bay Aqualine was actually a long way from home for old Smokey. Kazuhiko Nagata was born in 1964 in rural Hokkaido, the largest and northernmost prefecture of Japan. His hometown was full of idyllic farmland and rolling hills, but that didn't do much for young Smokey. He later described his childhood home as a place with, quote, not much going on. (laughs) I can relate. Yeah, me too. But importantly, his dad was a car nut who taught Smokey the basics of an engine. He didn't necessarily have the traditional personality of a speed demon. He was actually a soft-spoken fidgety introvert, but he got familiar with driving by using the family truck to help out around their farm. Quote, I drove it every day and started to fall in love with the actual act of driving. The act of driving. He quickly found he had the intense detail-oriented mind necessary to spend hours and hours tuning a vehicle for max performance. As a teenager, he bought his first vehicle, a motorcycle. He quickly decided two wheels weren't for him. And added a go-kart to his collection. But since he couldn't drive the go-kart on the farmland surrounding his family home, neighbors quickly got used to seeing him taking it to the streets.
4: Taking it to the streets.
1: We'll take it to the streets.
2: That's beautiful. That was great. Is that Michael McDonald?
4: Mm.
2: That makes sense.
1: <laughs> well, mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> At 15, Smokey bought his first real car a Mitsubishi Gallant GTO with over fenders. But unfortunately, despite his dad's mechanical know-how, Smokey and Smokey Sr. couldn't get the car running. So Smokey Jr. approached the head of a local Toyota branch to help him out. With Toyota's help, he managed to turn it into a respectable street racer.
2: What? Imagine just going to like <laughs> the <laughs> Toyota factory and being like, can you guys help me out? <laughs> I'm 16, can you guys make
1: my car go? Can you help my Mitsubishi? Hey, you guys are Toyota, right? Can you help me with my Mitsubishi? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even put that together. Smokey then started driving the Mitsubishi to school, despite the fact that he didn't have a driver's license because the driving age in Japan is 16. When the conservative officials who ran his school found out, they expelled him.
2: What? That's unfair. That's not even at school.
1: That's whack, dude. Come on, man. How are you going to like be mad at a kid in a rural area for driving himself to school?
3: He's going to school. Yeah, exactly.
2: He's going out of his way to get transportation to school. I say we go over there and tell him what for. So then he went over to Toyota and asked for a job, and they said, (laughs) yep, you can just start today.
3: You want to be the president?
1: (laughs) Well... Joe, you joke, but this turned out to be a blessing in disguise. The head of Toyota, who helped Smokey work on the car, felt responsible for Smokey's plight. So at 16, no. Smokey was offered a job. What? <laughs> I, I did not read that, I swear to God. Uh, as He uh, got a job as a mechanic at Toyota. This is impossible to confirm, but he may have been the youngest Toyota engineer ever. Although mechanic is different than engineer. So.
3: Dude, we did Tucker last week and now with Smokey Nagata, like, you know how long I suffered not doing anything without any opportunity?
1: And then these guys are just quitting school and getting jobs.
3: Yeah. No one calls me
4: Smokey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Smokey spent four years at Toyota and was almost too good at the job. He eventually got fired for taking the skills he was learning at the factory and applying them to a secondhand Toyota Celica during work hours.
2: Damn. I mean, if he's got extra time, why not?
1: If you got time to lean, you got time to modify your Celica. (laughs) Smokey had been tuning up his car in secret, then taking it out at night to thrash the mountains of Hokkaido. When Toyota found out, they gave him the boot. Smokey was 20 years old and decided he'd gone as far as he could in rural Hokkaido. So he relocated 800 miles south to Tokyo with dreams of becoming a race car driver. Patiently crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping with time. <laughs> I heard that on my, in, my, in the car this morning.
2: You're at your house. Where Where did you drive?
1: I got McDonald's.
4: <laughs> oh,
3: well, nice. I, was, I, I felt condoms. bad about
1: myself Because I was like You've been in a car today already? <laughs> uh, I've been This week I woke up at 7.30 every morning I know, I know Very, uh, I'm a hero But I regret to inform you guys That going to bed early And getting up early Actually does wonders for my my mood
3: Mental health? <laughs> yeah, it's been
1: pretty yeah. good
2: You're on Chicago time still
3: <laughs> That might have been part of it I woke up early today, and I realized, man, I've been up for a long time.
2: (laughs) It's pretty cool, though, when it hits like 11, and you're like, I've been up for four hours, and I did, you know, like two or three things already. Yeah. That's like a good feeling.
1: I like getting to the office earlier now. Yeah. Yeah. But in Tokyo, Smokey was flat broke and didn't know anybody. He practically begged for a job, any job, at the tuning company Trust ready and as often happens when you ask for any job he got the most thankless one starting in the packaging department boxing up trusts aftermarket exhausts and turbos it was exhausting work but well worth it exhausting get it yeah because i said exhaust yeah <laughs> nice that's called the radio magic people <laughs> <laughs> the real magic happened once Smokey was off the clock It was then that the young fellow would head down to the racing department and offer a hand to whoever needed one. The trust mechanics were more than happy to get an extra set of mitts at no cost to them. At some point between learning about cars from his dad and learning about cars from the experts at Trust Gretty, Smokey started smoking. A lot. Hence the nickname. It's still one of his trademarks today. Good luck finding an article about smoking Nagata that doesn't mention the cigarette constantly hanging on his lips. And now that I've mentioned it, we've joined the legions of of media <laughs> that mentions it. We could have broken the mold, guys.
2: Well, did his dad smoke, too? Because uh, they mentioned Smokey Sr.
1: I don't think he was smoke. That was just like a way to refer to his dad. Is
2: that radio magic, too, or just straight up lies? <laughs> <laughs>
1: an illusion. During his years at Trust, Smokey also met two important mentors: Masamitsu Hayakawa, who is the founder of Trust Gretty, and Isami Amamiya, who founded RE Amamiya and was a pioneer in tuning rotary-powered Mazdas. Both were active in racing and top speed competitions, which made them role models for Smokey, particularly when it came to work ethic.
2: Do you think it'd be possible to make an engine that's a rotary that inside the Dorito, it has three pistons that are also <laughs> making power?
1: Yeah, maybe. That, that sounds very complex. Yeah. That's just how my mind works, you know? <laughs> I can visualize that easily. <laughs> Smokey worked his way up at Trust, but the work wasn't satisfying. Quote, I was only allowed to make mufflers work on turbos, but I wanted more. I wanted to tune for top speed. It was only natural that as he watched the experts at Trust, he would want to create custom-designed parts for his own cars. So, he did. After hours when nobody was in the shop, he began working on his projects, until his bosses found out, just like at Toyota. This time, Smokey wanted to quit so he wouldn't get in trouble. But it turns out, Tokyo is not Hokkaido, and Smokey was no longer a know-nothing teenager. Masamitsu Hayakawa and other managers at Trust valued his work too much to let him leave. So they made a deal. Or in Smokey's words, quote,
3: The bosses found out and weren't happy, but turned a blind eye as they didn't want to lose me. So it was our secret, our top secret.
1: (laughs) A year later, he founded his own company with that very name.
3: In the early days of Top Secret, Smokey was flat broke so he couldn't work on his own cars. He focused on finding contract work with other street racers. His first client drove a Toyota Soarer, which is a luxury GT Coupe that shares a lot of parts with the Supra. Smokey managed to tune it up to a 12 second quarter mile, which was pretty dang good for the late 80s. That's not bad. Actually, not bad for the late 80s. Oh, no. No, no, no. Smoking Top Secret quickly built a name in the Japanese underground racing community. And as the swinging 90s hit, that community found itself at the forefront of a global auto-tuning
4: boom.
3: (laughs) JDM cars with massive performance potential were being released in Japan and shipped all over the world. You know the names. Toyota Supra, Mazda RX-7, Daihatsu Sherrod. And Top Secret was supplying underground racers in Japan, America, and elsewhere with the means to make their cars as fast as humanly possible. Surprisingly, though, Smokey's philosophy on car tuning wasn't focused on speed at all. Sure, he made fast cars, but he thought that high speeds were best achieved through safety. He viewed stock cars as unstable and unsafe to drive at high speeds. So it was his job as a tuner to make them safer. As he told an interviewer at Speed Hunters, the faster you go, the safer the car has to be. Make sense? Yeah. Top secret cars generally only come in two colors, white and gold. But the most famous ones are gold. He chose gold because as a kid, he always enjoyed watching the Olympics. <laughs> and gold is a representation of being the best in the world.
2: His favorite movie is Goldmember, too. <laughs>
3: His favorite part of Willy Wonka is when Charlie opens the chocolate bar.
2: Because he likes chocolate too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your job's projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain, it's hard to find
3: according to Smokey, not just any top secret project is painted gold instead the project must represent the epitome of the top secret tuning philosophy only our best and most accomplished projects receive the gold paint the tokyo racing scene evolved out of home tuners in the 70s and 80s who would generally compete at a track called the tabi high speed oval It was initially built by Japan Automobile Research Institute for testing, but became so frequently used by tuners that Option Magazine began hosting speed trials there. Zero to 300 kilometer times were the primary currency among Japanese home tuners until 1997 when a new expressway opened under the Tokyo Bay, a 9.6 kilometer underwater tunnel called the Aqualine. It was long and straight, seemingly crafted by some kind of divine being to be the perfect for late-night street racing. The Aqualine quickly became Smokey and the other street racers' new favorite test track. At one point, Smokey got his R33 Skyline GTR up to 204 miles per hour in the tunnel, which is often credited as the spark for an idea that put Smokey on the international map. And possibly some most wanted lists.
2: Imagine how crazy it would sound going 204 miles per hour in that tunnel. (laughs) That'd be fun.
1: Jeez, man. And R33, too. Like, every once in a while, we get to drive some pretty fast cars. Yeah. Uh And uh, the cool thing, like, cars today, no matter the make, they're just so stable and so solid at any speed. You rarely feel like you're out of control. But we're talking about cars that were built in the early 80s. In this story, and I mean, even back then, like, <laughs> just the guts it took to drive these, these cars that fast. Well, R33 90s. Oh, yeah. My bad. I misread that as R31. Yeah, st- still a car from the 90s. Yeah. To go that fast. in a 90s Nissan is uh, just insane. In 1998, Max Power Magazine invited Smokey to England for one of its car shows. Smokey decided to bring along a video crew from Option Magazine since he figured he might get bored during the car show and wanted something else to focus on. During discussions with the crew, an idea came up. What if he tried to hit 200 miles per hour on British public roads? He'd already done it in Japan, and England definitely didn't have the same kind of car scene, so surely it would be an unofficial record. Smokey was in. He called it the double-ton run. He chose a 1998 Supra for the base of his car, but tossed the original 3-liter straight-six engine and replaced it with the engine from a Skyline GTR. So
2: is that an RB, RB26 in that one?
1: That would be. He liked the aerodynamics of the Supra, which were great for top speed, but needed more power. He thought the Supra was also a better-looking car, helpful since he wanted video of the run to get maximum attention as a sales tool for top Secret. And, of course, he trusted the Supra for safety. He later told Option Magazine, quote, The reason why I emphasize my
3: tuning and modifications on the Supra is simple. This platform has a lot of meaning to me. It's the only platform that I trust with my life at high velocities.
1: <laughs> they chose a rural stretch of the A1, a highway that runs nearly the entire length of England, from London to Edinburgh, Scotland. At around 4 a.m. on November 4th, 1998, in the freezing rain, Smokey set to work. He made several attempts to clear 200, but faced unforeseen complications every time, like rain. It's a uh, big,
2: <laughs>
4: big ol' wet.
1: It's a big old wet. That's what we call England out
4: here. <laughs> I know you can talk a big old wet is coming.
1: <laughs> the wet roads made things difficult. The engine was also running too lean to hit peak speed on one run. The hood came up at 190 on another. Jesus. Then, all too soon, Smokey's run came to an end when he saw police lights in the rearview mirror. He had to know this might happen, but Smokey still found himself in a pretty bad spot. He was in a different country, he didn't know the language, he broke the speed limit by about a million miles per hour, and he didn't even hit his goal but he didn't feel much guilt about it. He later told Top Gear, quote, I did what I did and what happened happened. I know it's morally wrong, but it is what it is. (laughs) Also, did you see my hood go up at 190? That was pretty (laughs) sick. The cops threw him in jail, where he had to wait until a lawyer and translator could appear with him in court. Smokey worried about spending years in a British prison and top secret going under without him. But the punishment ended up being pretty light. He admitted to doing 120 miles per hour, was fined 155 pounds, and was banned from the UK for 10 years.
4: You get out and you don't come back. You must have been going,
2: what, 120? (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just like winking.
4: What are you (laughs) winking? (laughs) You get on that train and you take to the airport. And you go (laughs) back to wherever you're from and you don't come back for 10 years' time. You're banished. (laughs) Banished.
1: When he got back to his hotel, he found paparazzi waiting for him. While Smokey was in jail, his late night escapade made headlines in British papers. The Daily Mail reported that it was the most excessive speeding violation in the history of England. Footage that Smokey captured with cameras duct taped to his car even went proto-viral as enthusiasts started sharing VHS tapes of some lunatic in a modified Supra going full beast mode on English roads.
4: He's going beast mode in the big wet. I like a werewolf in London. He's going full Loch Ness.
2: <laughs> this guy's all sixes and sevens, ain't he? He's got the gravy. This is the kind of episode where people are like, you guys just did this so you could do a British accent the whole
4: time. Big top gravy, thick, chunky, got Yorkshire pudding. Oh, that's a real poor Yorkshire pudding, isn't it? <laughs> oh,
2: there goes a real pudding gravy.
4: Oh, yeah, it's capsicum. That's capsicum. <laughs> what? Wait, it's, it's what? What are you saying? <laughs> it's capsicum. It's what we call... Fruit peppers like a bell pepper. We call it a capsicum. Called cilantro, coriander.
1: <laughs> Smokey didn't hit 200, but even topping out at 194, Smokey was an instant legend in the tuning community. He was also correct that video of the run became a highly successful PR tool for Top Secret, proving that Smokey's cars were the real deal and helping to make Top Secret one of the most famous names in aftermarket tuning. He even sold the Supra to literal royalty. A prince of Dubai bought it soon after the run. In the years after the double-ton
3: run, a slew of tuned Skylines, Supras, and later 350Zs, Porsches, and Nissan GTRs rolled out of Smokey's workshop. But he built his next star attraction with an even more ambitious goal in mind. 400 kilometers per hour. That's 249 miles per hour. For those of you counting in American, he again decided to use a Supra as the foundation for his beautiful new baby. But this time he installed a massive five liter V12 from a Toyota Century, which is perhaps the fanciest car on the planet. He also strapped two turbo boosters on it. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Built Built a custom body kit in order to run the cooling system through the trunk. The result, 930 hrsprs of golden goodness. This car is wild looking.
2: I wonder what's the MPG on that thing. Uh, What's the
3: MPG on that thing? More than you can afford, pal. (laughs) It's true now. Aside from breaking the 400 mark, Smokey's other objective was to impress girls. (laughs) Uh, Aside from breaking the 400 kilometer mark, Smokey's other objective was to break... Daijiro Anada's highway speed record of 346 kilometers per hour. Daijiro had previously broken Smokey's record of 340 kilometers an hour.
2: We talked about Dai Dai in uh, the Option magazine episode. Mm -hmm. He's the founder of Option. He was not allowed in Midnight Club,
3: right? Neither was Smokey. Yeah, so in 2007, the V12 Super won the custom car grand prix at the Tokyo Auto Salon. And after topping out at 358 kilometers per hour at the Nardo Ring in Italy, Smokey took it onto his old stomping grounds, the Aqualine, and hit 370. That's around 229 miles per hour in English. Wow. Now, if you ask me, Getting a car to damn near 230 miles per hour on the street is an incredible achievement and also behavior that I'm illegally not allowed to endorse. And it may not have hit 400 kilometers per hour, but it did achieve something equally impressive. They turned it into a Hot Wheels car.
1: Oh, man. So you can shove it up your butt. Whoa. Like Bam Margera. (laughs)
3: Smokey's most recent build shows off his continued brand agnosticism. His latest golden masterpiece is a 650 horsepower 1994 Skyline GTR that's been stroked to 2.8 liters with a complete chassis refresh by Top Secret. Turbo by Greddy. Aftermarket parts scattered throughout, including HKS internals and some nice classic Tomai cams, codenamed 650R. For its many, many horsepowers, it won awards at the 2019 Tokyo Auto Salon before an American collector bought it stateside. That guy was Stradman. Yeah, Stradman owns it. To many, beyond his famous exploits, Smokey is something of a mysterious figure. But Top Secret Co. is still an active influence on Japanese racing culture. The company races in the Japanese Super Taikyu series, as well as D1GP, uh, professional drift series in Japan, the US, and UK. A custom S15 Sylvia driven by Ryuji Miki won the D1GP points title in 2004 in an epic battle with Team Orange's Nobu Shigi Kumakubo. Despite his man of mystery reputation, Smokey himself has now gone non VHS viral. He has 300,000 followers on Instagram, which is less than me. And various videos of his (laughs) (laughs) double-ton run have millions of YouTube views. again, less than us. He even has his own blog, which is more than we can say. We don't have one.
2: Speak for yourself. You got a blog?
3: I got a dog blog, right? (laughs) Oh. It's called the Dlog. These days, Smokey runs Top Secret out of a massive workshop with a separate showroom, a distinct upgrade over after-hours experimentation at a rural Toyota outpost, and his choice of a gold color scheme ended up being prophetic. Smokey's cars have won first-place titles in drifting, drag racing, time attack, car shows, top-speed runs, and even the annual Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Whoa, I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, he also won the Olympics (laughs) for
1: diving. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. What form. Wow. Wow. Dang, I'm watching video of that right now. Mm-hmm. That's no splash. No splash.
2: Zero splash. No flips, but no splash. Bloop.
4: Bloop. 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 Bloop.
3: We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. The company now builds cars for almost every purpose, from the drag strip to the circuits and anything in between. Rumor has it, top secret has even experimented with hybrid cars, building both new a Prius, building both a new Prius and Insight
2: concurrent. Dude, I want to see that Insight. I kind of have a soft spot for Honda Insights. Oh, interesting.
3: Learn something new every day. But if you ask Smokey, he'll tell you that his favorite cars are still street cars, and he's still chasing that magic 400 kilometer per hour goal. In 2020, he told Top Gear, I want to do 400 kilometers per hour in my R35 GTR. That's the goal. The more I'm suppressed, the more I'm motivated to do something. So I'm hell building yeah. my own. I will have the fastest car. For such a man of mystery, it's a pretty straightforward philosophy set a goal and then drive towards it as fast as possible.
1: Hell yeah, dude. That's what we do. That's how we do. That's how we do, man. As I sit at my desk recording a podcast. Us and Smokey, basically the same person. Basically, like, we're like the Smokey Nagata of podcasting.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to hit 400 megabytes per second on my Wi-Fi.
1: (laughs) Great story. What a guy. Definitely one of the all-time, like, all time guys, you know, yes. of of the car world. What's if you
2: guys if there was one like trait like smoking that would define you and you people would make a nickname out of it, what would your nickname be?
3: Masturbation in public.
2: <laughs> pump, <laughs>
3: pump and pump. <laughs>
1: No, how about you? I was going to say Farty Sykes, but James got me <laughs> beat.
2: I think mine would be bad financial decision, Joe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got some mail this week. Uh, Francisco writes, Hello again, I am Francisco from Argentina. Since you covered the history of Che in one of your podcasts, which, by the way, was awesome because you nailed it, It would be really cool for you to cover two of the most important automotive stories in our country. The 84 hours of Nürburgring and 20. No, it's
2: 84 hours. This is the story of the Torinos. They keep saying we got to do this story.
1: Okay. Okay. well, 84 hours and Fangio's life in November. There's going to be a ceremony here in Fangio's hometown and the timing would be perfect. I really like your YouTube channel and your podcast as a companion on my drives. If you ever need any assistance in Spanish-speaking matters or Argentinian history, do not hesitate in contacting me. I like donut a lot and appreciate your work. Give it the beans, Francisco. Give well, thank it you, the Francisco. Beans. I think those are two great topic ideas. Absolutely, we'll try to time that out for November. Thank you for emailing us. If you want to email us, hit us up at pastgas at Media. And
3: if you want to hit up Nolan at his personal email, it is Styles at (laughs) gmail.com, M-I-S-S-U-S. That is a real email, and
1: he will read it. Got in on the ground floor on that one. I can't believe I got it. All right. uh, Follow my boys at James Pumphrey. At Joji Weber, follow me at Nolan J. Sykes. If you'd like, big thank you to our producer this week, Thomas Soulet, as always, and our writer Greg Nix. Yeah, and thanks most of all to you for listening. Most yeah, of thanks. all, we'll but mostly,
3: mostly not you, mostly us, and <laughs> Greg more than you, and also Thomas more than you, uh, as individuals. But as a whole, thank you as a whole. Uh, then we're all pretty equal. But you individual <laughs> viewer, we could take or leave.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, before uh, anything else gets said that we're going to regret, see you later.